What's up? Hi. We're back. We're, we're actually back. Thought we wouldn't we're gonna come back. Um, it's me. It's Jonah. Here with Mac, as always. How we doing? Yeah, as always, or as occasionally, maybe the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, as, as, whenever it does happen, it's, <laughs> you know the lineup. Um, producer Ray. Um, Welcome back to the future is out. Um, after our semi-planned uh, month-long sabbatical, as I mentioned in our little little mia culpa that we released last week, um, yeah, we 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 got really Euro style with it. Max yeah. started wearing speedos. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, um, drinking little tiny coffees and smoking cigarettes. The little tiny coffees, um. I might not go back, honestly. Um, great, yeah, man. God no. Yeah, I'm, I got a little baby. I get a little tiny car that I drive around, um, and I'm really rude to service employees. Um, and it's been going great. Yeah. So all of that are you're not wearing deodorant anymore. Not it's wearing been, deodorant. It's been a huge. No, huge, getting um, naked at the beach. Yeah. Um, I do have several uh court dates now that hopefully won't impact recording. But, yeah. Uh, uh, did you grow chest hair? Because I did. That was something I've that done I been, did. Yeah. My wife well, started braiding. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we got really Euro and it resulted in us doing nothing for the entire month of August by <laughs> it's accident. It's like a true European. <laughs> like a true European. But we're back now. Never to worry. And we're going to be hitting you with a double shot. Oh, yeah. Double shot of Future is Out coming at you on your drive time radio commute. Yeah. Um, loyal listeners will know that we promised the last episode, we promised at the end that we'd have a guest, um, as, Jonah mentioned his apology um, pod. We did have a guest and we did record it um, and it's still coming to you, but I somehow managed to corrupt all of the audio for that. Well, so that's we think there were, there were certain, there were some, um, you know, several tangos uh, <laughs> that we picked up, a couple of bad actors, um, you know, telling the truth like we do, you make a lot of enemies. So they're out to get us. They did fire to um use somehow Matt Manchurian candidate Mac into not pressing record. That's not actually what happened. It was yeah. more comp it wasn't more Mac's fault. On um, a more positive note though, for our loyal listeners, even though um you know no no pressure, but even though y'all have given us no money at all so far, we do have a new mic, which is do. going if you can hear us both being very clear and crisp and uh you know our no lingering sounds from our T's and our S's. It's uh, the cause of our new microphone. So a new microphone like a that Mac um, bought and then Venmoed me for without consulting me. But that's chill. <laughs> that's totally that's fine. What you gotta do. It's all for you guys. Um, totally fine. So anyway, which is all to say, yeah, we took a little up break 
you're probably like, what the fuck? I don't even listen to your podcast. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, so we'll, we'll carry on. But we're back. We have a, a, a big, hot, a piping hot so episode, hot. as it were. Um, a real steamy episode um, about, uh, well, you'll see. But um, before, we, uh, yeah, before we get into the meat, to the meat and potatoes, let's, um, let's jump into you know, our hors d'oeuvre. Amuse bouche, yeah. Um, as we typically do, um, serving you up a sort of fine dining experience, um, which what, what we try to do here. Um, so what's on the docket? I mean, we've had a lot of time off, so there's been a lot of time to uh, accrue, like a lot of a lot of silt is generated in yeah. our crap. There's um, a lot of. I mean, what do you I want think to up what, so one thing I was covering for work last week that ended up getting some attention was like um, Tesla. Oh yeah, who we talk about a lot, right? They had their uh, their annual. They call it the AI Day. It's like essentially the pitch is their, um, it's like a, a technical presentation to try and recruit uh, AI engineers to come work for them. And they did like the first hour or so of it. It was like quite like, kind of sort of interesting. It was like real stuff about like. Did all you the, watch? Yeah, I watched all of it. And like, what else did they? So do? the main the main focus that as we'll discuss is not what got remembered, but the main focus was about, um, so like it, all the like self-driving stuff for Tesla, they have like made this, um, commitment that's like different from the other self-driving cars where most of them rely on like LIDAR and radar to like understand the surroundings and stuff. Mm -hmm. Tesla, um, they're going completely with computer vision, which is just like they use the camera sensors or the, the cameras on the cars and then feed it through an algorithm um to like essentially like train it um without any of those other um safeguards which they've gotten a lot of heat for because they're not quite as effective but their argument is that like over time when they build it up with more data it will actually be better and so they're kind of like going out on a limb with it and they did a lot more um presentation about like how they're training their algorithm like this new like these like new supercomputer that they're building um that's essentially tesla? like yeah tesla's building it's called like dojo and it's like essentially their claim is that it's and it's debatable but the claim is that when it's developed it's like it would be one of the most powerful supercomputers on earth and what it does is it takes all the data that's collected from all the cameras takes it to this where this like mega center and then runs like a simulation through it with all that data and then uses the findings from that simulation to train the algorithms like in the cars so it's like they take it learn from it so whenever i'm like trying to log into my bank and i have to click <laughs> on all the tiles that contain a stop sign that's all gonna now go it's gonna go to uh the tesla supercomputer the captcha it's gonna stuff. go to the tesla how yeah um well this gets into i guess like what i think like well if you want all right we're talking takeaways so yeah full stop he debuted this robot that okay, had well, some. That's, yeah, that was the 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 the, uh, the elephant in the room, right? It was at the very end. Well, yes. This? Yeah. It was like a it was a dude in a suit. It was like some guy who. I I also want to think of like who that guy was. Like, right. I think he was like a like probably like an intern or something. Anyway, but well, for the listeners, yeah, they at the very end they're like kind of reveal right was that Tesla who's like a car company right? They were saying um they're like we're making a humanoid bipedal robot i think it's like five foot seven 150 pounds and it looks like 
kind of looks like a Tesla, but it, it's like a robot with no face. The face it's is like a screen. Yeah. yeah, like iRobot stuff. And it was like, they announced it, but to announce it, like on stage, there was a dude like in spandex dressed up as the robot, like dancing. And they asked like Elon Musk, like, so what's the, like, what's it going to be used for? And he had no explanation. He said um, that it could potentially do things that are re- too repetitive and like dangerous for humans, um, which literally can just mean anything right um there's no evidence that i'm pretty like sure what he cited was uh it. going to the grocery store right which probably for elon <laughs> musk is too dangerous <laughs> right. uh you know either in his own mind or in reality yeah someone would just like lunge at him right um i might you know well whatever um yeah pretty dumb so basically yes but it's like i don't know with all tesla shit it's just like clearly just like juicing the press to fucking you know you know darken a bunch of pages about tesla over the like some totally like unsubstantiated like believe us like we're coming right. out with something big like watch this space right. i mean and like what have we seen this before like boring yeah. company hyperloop all this shit it never pans out um some of it pans out i mean like there's i think not that, really and like the, i mean like other the, than spacex which and the tesla itself and like cyber truck which is, is like, I, I think driven it, with 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 fucking difficulties and sure. uh you know deadly flaws as we've spoken about the broader um, point is taken yeah, i think like there never there there is like a, there is some methods to the madness which is like i think the idea and i agree like as we've talked about so much tesla stuff it's like a lot of over promising and like kind of like just pumping up the stock but i think the the idea right is that in a nutshell it's like tesla they're trying to say that what they really are is like a big ai company and that like that is bigger than just cars right so it's like oh you that is what they're trying to say yeah things right but like um, have, show me one iota of ai that they've actually like successfully well their car out. i mean their like, cars the self-driving cars they are they are like they, it is like for all their faults like they're is that even is that even ai i mean that's yeah, like it is like literally i don't know if it does is it intelligence I but mean, it's not it's i mean it's like, not general intelligence but it is like i mean it is like up the most is a practical application of like machine learning, right? Which machine is like, learning, yeah, I guess, which is somewhat distinct. And well, even if not, even if not, I mean, one of the things we've been we were just talking about before was like how absolutely just like perf- perilous it is to fucking click on your auto your auto autopilot in a Tesla, and like the odds that it just like sees a fucking like billboard that with the word like you know uh, with like you know, a moon on it that yeah. sends it into just like to just like floor the accelerator and their drive example you into was a what happens when a guy with a, you. a t-shirt of a stop sign on has it right. <laughs> um, but no, I mean this is really it's taking good. your life. I in mean your the hand. thing is though, like it's funny and stuff, but the 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 this the in- interesting context of it was during their AI day, like literally that week, within days there was one like the main regulator in the U.S. like. It's, they're called like the highway um national highway something they're like the main safety regulator for cars in the u.s doing they, a terrible job well uh, yeah i mean that's <laughs> just in yeah. general not even Tesla specific despite that like they did it was big for them where they launched like a probe into tesla um specifically about how there's been an increase in crashes with autopilot hitting like first responder vehicles like yeah. ambulances and stuff um which it's just it's notable because there's there's been an absence of any any sort of investigation into like these 
self-driving. Yeah, it seems like within the internal like consciousness of the Tesla AI hive mind, there's like a scalp system for first responders. <laughs> They're like, right. you get, you get like you you go to like AI eternal heaven and get your like your seventy two uh self-driving virgins if you can like take out a first responder <laughs> right well the funny thing i mean it's not funny but it's just a reality so we were saying earlier about how like they're kind of going out a limb and doing the only um camera vision thing one of the reasons that people were like the big reason why people are saying that's like ill-advised is because it really struggles particularly at night and like in inclement weather and like sort of like abnormalities and the thing that they said in this report with like the first responders is that it was always at night and it was always with yeah. like bright lights, flashing traffic cones, like all this type of stuff. And that, like those type of things, you can imply that it was like that was fucking up this camera vision thing because it like where lidar and radar and that stuff is good is like for the things that are like you know in a storm, for example, yeah. or like this other stuff, like safety precautions. All um, this shit just was like uh, you know I just can't help thinking about like are we not just like being led up the fucking primrose path by all this stupid stuff and like this is like okay. Uh, these things work, but not when it's night and there's flashing lights. Okay, right. every time you would ever yeah. be driving after fucking six p.m. Um, most places and most times of the year. Yeah. Whereas, like, if think about the money that we put into this type of infrastructure and these giant battery factories, like, you know, it's just like a it's like a ho hum thing to say at this point. Like, investing that in like rail and all these other things would be so much. Can you? I mean, the ROI on that would be so much better. You would have to assume. Essentially, yeah. I mean, were we just talking about? I mean, not to get too down the down the hole here with Tesla, which we always do. But were we not just talking about that Teslas basically have like a an operating life of like a couple years max? Well, yeah. I mean, that's something that we will probably go into with the main topic a bit. But it's like that's a that's like a bigger thing too. With like obviously, like you know, these Teslas and these other EVs specifically, like use like lithium ion batteries. But like a battery, it's sophisticated, right? But it does under operate in the same logic as like your Duracell battery, which is it decays over time. And so because it decays, like the lifespan of these Teslas is like a couple years, right? Like five years max, which is like a way different proposition than like when you buy I don't know, like my I still have my car from when I was sixteen, right? Speedy F um, yeah. yeah, because it rocks and it's great. But yeah. but there's seen like we were talking about it. Yeah, it's seen better. But we were talking about <laughs> it um off mic, but like there's as long as you don't have to break, it works. <laughs> about like, because there's also like, there's essentially it's like making a car like an iPhone, right? Where you have to yeah, like re up like it all the time. Firmware and all this shit. Yeah. Sucks. And um and like there's a thing too where most people now like lease cars instead of own them, and it goes to like the whole like you know you don't own movies, you subscribe to like this yep. service on Netflix. Yeah. It's this bigger you, you bigger pay for thing. access to a library that right. you control, and now that's like a library of. Uh, literal transportation yeah and potential like huge amounts of waste right like with like just yeah. d- what happens when you dump all these you know batteries after a couple of years so there's a lot there's just like a lot of hidden costs and i think that things. all these things the safety particular is what should have been the news but like in such tesla fashion like yeah it's like, like oh, this right robot. at the end you had a dude trumping like in and spandex yeah, and like, that's doing... what got the attention like, oh yeah, oh! yeah but very, it is gross it's very trump-like in the it like, is very Trump-like. one hand you know like i mean be like the... no trans people in the military or something yeah. like that and then it's like oh you're not focusing on like not to say it's yeah. not important but like the other oh well, yeah shit, you like, know compared to like, like okay we're like yeah like you know we're in like we're like airstrike area or right like, 
mall or whatever. Yes. Um, I mean, that's really his, that's what he does. I mean, and it is, it is sort of amazing that he reached which, like, the media sort of gets out of hand. Yeah. Sort of, like, takes his directive. Like, you know, they do, like, their little token bit of skepticism, like, oh, well, is, is robot clearly, like, not what we were all hoping oh. to see. But then they just, like, go ahead and report on, like, Oh, and then the specs will be this. And yeah. Be well, one of the headlines much, I saw was like, "Is like, could could dummy. Elon Musk use um, the Tesla bot to like work on Mars?" Like, it was like one of the headlines. Right. And like, it's like dude, <laughs> we're not going to fucking Mars. <laughs> that being said, though, there, hate, there was like, I think, I think there was like, at least like the shit I was reading and it's biased, but it's like there was a lot of skepticism. I think people kind of understand what's going on now well, at to this a point because he's literally like right. it's like in our fucking face it's literally like joking it's like a yeah. self-referential joke but that's the thing right. is like the coverage doesn't change exactly. it's still being reported as like oh it's not that like there's like there's no serious consideration like how tesla is like such an overvalued company like, right you know it doesn't he still gets the play that like of like the character that he's on it's like like yeah you know well he's like a dying he's a, a, a icon of a dying or like a dying breed in the sense that like especially in the tech world like 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 if you think of like the steve jobs or like those type of people yeah, striding like, across the stage. they don't really exist anymore because it's all like like apple google they're all like buttoned up and like very legal and like very no like cares you know anymore, like but musk i think for a lot of the people that like him um obviously you guys all totally. know what i think about musk right but I see. I see the reason why he has all this like allure is because like they he has this bygone era effect of like the the visionary right like, who's he's like, like also a in charge. Barnum yeah. Type person. Yeah. Anyway, okay, that's probably enough that now. Um, but yeah, the the robot. God bless. Um, <laughs> maybe that, maybe we'll have an image that, of this somewhere for you. Know, Pratt graduate or yeah, who, Juilliard grad who found himself in 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 that suit. Um, <laughs> what else is cracking? Um, um, do you want to talk? Uh, do you want to talk cigs? Oh, cigarettes. Yeah. Um, we love cigs on this podcast. This is a pro cig podcast. Um, not that any of us smoke necessarily, but um, you know, a cig a day. You know, keep you uh feeling gray. It's your nice little um, what do you call it? Some rumble in your in yeah. Your throat. It gives Some us our good... sexy radio yeah. voices. Um. Anyway, um, a little bit of movement in 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 the in the sig world. Vertical move. Yeah, a little bit of uh, yeah, some <laughs> yeah, some vertical integration going down. Um, headline, Dateline, London, <laughs> Marlboro maker Philip Morris. <laughs> buys stake in British asthma inhaler firm. Um, here are some key points from CNBC. Maker of Marlboro cigarettes said it plans to make a further market purchase of Vectra at two twenty seven dollars per share. Um, primarily, they've received a lot of flack um, for doing this. To be clear, Marlboro, the company that makes cigarettes, is buying a well, company. Philip that, Morris. Yeah, yes. oh, yeah, sorry, Philip Morris is buying a company that like. It's an inhaler company. They bought like... <laughs> 23% of a U- which is a substantial amount of a UK-based <laughs> respiratory drug developer, Vectura. Right. Um so you want to talk about vertical integration, like vertical integration, <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, why why buy the why buy the ice cream when you can buy like dairy farm and you right. can buy the truck uh the truck depot that sends it out to be sold. It's like 
you know, why just sell cigarettes when you can also sell the drug that people need after smoking cigarettes and destroying their house? It's like if McDonald's bought like the biggest liposuction company, right? Yeah, it's like you're, you're... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so there, here's a quote from um, the CEO of um, PMI, Philip Morris International, um, from this article in CNBC. Um, quote, PMI's acquisition of Vectura is part of our long-term strategy to transform PMI by investing in scientific excellence and leveraging its capabilities <laughs> and expertise. I love One of the most meaningless excellence. total yeah. word salad <laughs> fucking quotes I've read in a long time. Um, but basically, yeah, people got mad at them, um, including uh, the British thoracic society mm. which i don't know i guess they're really into their their thorax yeah i guess the british are sort of like bug people so they it's true they think of themselves in the terms of thoraxes <laughs> and uh yeah legs and shit um anyway the british thoracic society an anti-smoking charity called for the deal to be prevented um describing the inappropriateness of the arrangement as a quote unresolvable ethical conflict um to which pmi was like Ah, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, it is interesting though, because apparently, on the basis of this, this same guy who I presume is Czech, um, old Czech, um, Jacek old Czech, um, seems sort of dastardly in a in a sort of Southern European way. What um, but also when dashing. Offers you the job to be like the president of? Say yes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anyone out there is listening who works at PMI, I'm. I'm I'm available uh, for the right price. It's not a, not that big. Um, but <laughs> basically, yeah. What is your price? Well, you know, send me a DM. Um, but it's interesting because Olchak, the fucking guy who PMI is like one of the, you know, they sell a lot of cigs. Um, and a lot of people still smoke cigarettes. I mean, and like the whole, whole all of Asia, it's like I don't even think it's trending down at this. I feel like they have not even yet reached in the global. Yeah, I mean, like in the U.S., it definitely is. And I think in Europe, is. it is. Europe, it but is. But I think, I mean, we talked about it before in the podcast a little bit. But you know, it's a little bit aside. But it's in keeping with, like, Atria, one of the bigger mm-hmm. like um, manufacturers. They also have been like silently buying up a lot of the vapes, right? They bought like a big stake in Juul well, that makes sense. and a yeah. bunch of this other stuff. And it's like kind of, you know, they see. The writing is on the wall that like cigarettes are trending kind of down, but like in this broader ecosystem, you can um, they're just buying up their way to survive, right? Um, yeah, but it's interesting because this guy, um, the CEO of PMI, is saying that their plan is publicly is to transition fully off of selling tobacco cigarettes within the next ten years. Interesting. I mean. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's like, to me, it sort of seems like the fossil fuel question where it's right. like, you know, as long as the demand is there, like no one's going to stop pumping. Like you're not going to stop selling this. Like, I feel like no one, there's no reason they would leave money so, on the table. So he's saying, like he was saying that they're going to stop selling tobacco, but I think this is something that so, I'm sure they someone made transition recently. Into vapes and all well, yeah, it's like what, what the t- tobacco is a, like what really is going on. It's like, it's a, nicotine delivery me- method right it's like nick like the the thing that's making the money is the nicotine and how the tobacco cool is like yeah yeah but which tobacco can like can be can be switched out right it's like what you're just trying to get that nicotine into people and so there's a many ways yeah. you can do that right um, I, yeah 
some some would say that's true, but there's some there's an there's a je ne sais quoi about ripping a cig. Yeah, but those are um, like those people are. It's like the it's like the people who still are going to be driving the cars when everything goes autonomous. Like there's always going to be like that's there's always going to be a niche of that, which yeah. is like not the really well, even maybe the problem, yeah but maybe it'll like, be like you'll get into more like boutique cigarettes. Like, that would be kind of cool, maybe you know, like I mean, not having giant like industrial farming of tobacco, and you just have like some like hippie dudes that are making good. Sounds horrible. <laughs> I want to smoke a fucking cigarette that's been soaked in like all type like 19th century chemicals has made its rounds around the global like trade route yeah i like... want it to have been on in some way touched every continent <laughs> for some reason they're for like some reason, they have yeah. like a there's an their antarctic, check is an antarctic yeah. yeah an antarctic base where there's like a rare earth mineral that they infuse that gives you extra cancer they're like well are you are our customers demand, demand excellent um so okay so listen so listen um Jacek, this fucking guy's name, Mister Mister Jacek Olchak, you're on notice. Stop selling cigarettes in ten years. Not that I even smoke them. Officially, um, you're gonna be in trouble. And also, uh, I need more inhalers. So uh, answer my emails. <laughs> um, all right. So that's cool. That's all good stuff. Um, what's our last hit today? Oh yeah, this was something funny. Um, what do, what is double full time remote? Ah. Uh, Yes, this is an interesting story. Um, well, it was interesting in the way that Double it's like psychotic, but um, yeah. So this was in the <laughs> yeah most of the stuff. <laughs> the Wall Street Journal had a story on this uh, last week, but obviously, like you know, everyone knows that during COVID, there's been this big um, transition in like white collar work to do like more um, remote work, right? Like all that you can do on a computer um, and not go into the office. But um, in the process of doing that. A, there's a certain subset of people who have like sort of gained the system to see that like, you know, they're not actually working necessarily 40 hours a week in a job. And so they're without telling their employers getting another full-time job that's also remote. And essentially as they describe it, like playing Tetris on like their Google calendar meetings to like avoid overlap and like letting their bosses know that they're doing these two jobs at the same time. And, um, it's a really interesting story because it's like they interview a lot of these people and it's like both like they're kind of like gaming the system, but also it's like so stressful because it's like people are just like, will for example, be on one meeting on their computer and then have their phone in their other hand and like be on both of them and just like trying not to like let it be known that they're like, <laughs> like at like their rival company's job or whatever right. like the thing <laughs> and the, but, but this is like this is the it's like i didn't read this full article but it's like you know i i, I wonder were there people like complaining about the stress of it because it's just like a like try like i guarantee you like working full-time as like fucking like something where you actually have to like go lift shit or like be like a building supervisor like you know you're actually fully on the clock but yeah i mean that's 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 the crux of it is that i mean that's the, the um like the sort of amazing thing that i think everyone sort of senses if you've been in this environment but um is really laid bare by these like you know enterprising sickos who have decided to like double up right and get a double paycheck um is that like yeah most of what is like full-time work is just like farting around like and like a lot of just farting like, around you know meeting shit like just like sitting in meetings just and like, like kind of being there it's busy work it's yeah. literally a busy box it's like what you give a baby so it's like 
it's like a bunch of buttons that don't connect to anything just to like keep them busy i mean yeah and but it's like that on like a sort of economy-wide scale i mean i'm gonna read this one quote from this wall street journal article that talks about it um quote starting out with a quote it's two jobs for one says a 29-year-old software engineer who has been working simultaneously for a media company and an events company since June. He estimates he was logging 3 to 10 hours of actual work a week back when he held down one job. The rest of it is just attending meetings and pretending to look busy. <laughs> it's like... Right. But it's like everyone knows this. Like, there's yeah. so much work. Like, I had, like, an office internship, like, paid internship job way back when. And it's just like, yeah, the amount of work that I actually did, it was just like... And it wasn't even like I was like slacking off. There's just like that's like the expected thing. So it's like this like right. unspoken thing, like finger to the nose. Like, yeah, you like go take a dump, you eat like three yogurts, <laughs> you like read an article, you get up, you like chat with someone, and then you do like twenty minutes of work. Um But yeah, so I guess like, yeah, there's this new class of people who just can't get enough working and i guess like yeah i mean it probably would be dope to be cashing two full-time yeah i mean they have like so there's this uh they 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 say the name of it on here but there's like an organization that's kind of like pioneering or like leading the charge of this as like a thing and um their argument like they try to make it more of like a i don't know like a reason behind the madness and like their argument is such where they say that like wages haven't really grown in like the last like 30 40 years which is technically true and they'll say that like the idea in the past of like having like a company job that like you were loyal to and like they took care of you and you were there for many decades like that's gone and so like in the in the light of that and like rising inflation and like the lessening of the dollar all these things conspire to be like if you can do it you know what i mean it's like take your shot and like that's um sort of the argument but but as i i wrote about this a little bit a couple weeks ago unfortunately i think like one of the knock-on effects of this is that like during the pandemic with like a lot more people working remote there has also been a rise in like a lot of remote surveillance stuff for work so it's right. like people like companies Key monitoring your keys stuff. monitoring like even your webcam and like seeing everything that your cam your computer does and like even even if it's only a few outliers that are like doing this like it gives like companies all the incentive to like be more um more like inclined to do this type of thing to make sure that they know what you're doing and it's, it's it sucks because like even like my job which for the record there's no evidence that they do this but it's like i was talking to someone i work with and it's like you're you should operate under the assumption now that like it is all being tracked because like you, there's no way to well, that's know like the opposite the sort of premise it's of like, the panopticon like, right right it's not that you are being watched but it's like you could be at any right. time so you police yourself yeah. And like um, we saw this like too with like even in like schools and shit, right? They're like remote, like there's they've been this rise of like uh essentially schools like force people to use like this remote proctoring service that like is spyware that they put on people's computers to check like, you know, if they're quote like cheating on exams or tests. Quote, if they're quote jacking off right. during <laughs> exams or tests. It's like, oh, give me a break. I learn everyone learns in their own way. Um yeah, it's not great. I mean, it is just, like, I, I do think it's, like, amazing, though. Like, I think it, like, does sort of punch through the sort of the veil of, like, the edifice of, like, this notion of, like, oh, you got a big job and you're, like, doing right. this important work. Like, you know, I'm coming, I have a little bit of, like, you know, I, 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 like, 
currently work like a like a like a dirty dirty job like a micro dirty like you know i work in a restaurant which is like it's not like high high brain power labor all the time i mean people will be like oh it's super hard for like you and it is hard and it requires skills but it's like you know once you get it down it's down and like some people are good at it and some people aren't but it does like really punch through this whole notion that like like for instance i was telling you like there's someone who i know who i've been talking to a lot recently who um now that they're working work from home like they were doing a full-time 40 hour week salary job and they're like oh yeah i work like two hours a day now like they log on do like 30 minutes of work in the morning and then they're just like free to like fuck off go to a coffee shop go play tennis like hang out um and it's not that they're like slacking on their duties it's like there's just like so much bloat that's like built in it's just like it's sort of amazing it's like well wait like i feel like it oh this is like it sort of opens up so much like so many implications that are like not really addressed in something like this yeah i mean like, i think that maybe we... a positive element of it though right is that, right is true. that it yeah, shows that like this is why shitty why the office was shitty in the first place right is that like you there's a lot of things that are like no like the only like you don't need to be there doing these things right um, well, i would say i would almost say the opposite i would say this is why like these office jobs like these sort of like jobs we need a bachelor's degree are like are actually what they are and are like um sort of a treat for the sort of like petty class um because they're just like it's cushy like it's genuinely a cushy job like yeah whereas like if you work at like if you work like doing like physical labor you're like you know there's always time to get to chill and do the shit on the clock but like I think it just goes to the degree to which, like, you know, it's like you think about like how I'm like thinking about like in Saudi Arabia, yeah. There's like eighty percent of the workforce is just like on the federal dole, like they work federal jobs, and they're basically just being like paid to shut up, be quiet, and like not bother the Saudi government. And it's just like it's like it it has reminiscences of this, right? Right. It's just like okay, listen, like all right, all right, go to go to school, like just then you get like you know graduate with like a 2.5 at least then you can get like a full-time job making like 50k a year as like a logistics product analyst manager right um and like yeah you do like a few things like click a few buttons and send a few emails and just like you just sort of like don't cause any trouble like get to have like a comfortable life yeah i mean we were this is true we were talking about it off mic though but it is also the case there that like a lot of that shit it's just not really distributed evenly though because like even at like probably like because like you know the place i work like i truly have like very little minutes of not doing yeah, stuff you actually are but a sucker meanwhile you, you pick one of the jobs where you actually have to do work but like an idiot <laughs> but meanwhile though like even you know like even at a media organization right like there's a lot of jobs that aren't like that right so the day-to-day yeah. interaction of like what i have to do versus like someone else who's like i don't know like a like a hr person or something or someone else like it's very different and like and i think that like even at these you know some of the tech workers here like certain jobs at these places are not like that right there's a lot of people who are working like like, working like you know like like amazon corporate who are like crying at their desks (laughs) and like yeah like having the thousand yard stare at the salad bar because yeah like working 90 hour week but it's like some people are like it's an it's a bigger thing but it's like how like some people, people are like, like taking the whole like they're doing the 
bulk of the of the shit to supplement like right the other stuff you know what i mean does that make sense yes like, totally because i think it's just like the whole this whole economy our whole arrangement doesn't really work unless like a lot of people who aren't really necessary like have something to do right yeah like there's sure. a lot of people for who sure. like the whole system is like go to school go to college get a four-year degree and then you'll have a nice job and if, if that doesn't pay out yeah for a purport like a substantial number of people then like there's going to be problems yeah so like in order it's cheaper i feel like from a systems perspective to just like sort of like sort of like you know fluff out some bullshit jobs i mean to take it to quote the david graber book that i uh haven't actually read but goes into this um substantially from what i understand and uh is on my bookcase so fucking give me a break um <laughs> Like, there's a lot of jobs that really don't need doing or rather could be collapsed into, like, the 10 jobs could be really done, to, like, by one person actually working hard or, like, working yeah. as much as they're supposed to be. Um, but then what would we do with everyone else who, like, yeah. got a fucking business degree at, like, you know, Slippery Rock University? Yeah. Uh, they use people need to go somewhere. You're starting to see some of that, though, already, right, where it's, like, you know, a lot of these... I mean, I see it in media, and like media is an outlier, right? But like all the mass layoffs, like a lot of the big, yeah. pro- the big part of that is that like the same things, like the same output is being done, but now it's people just doing the work the three people did for not the right pay, and it's right. like that or like you know places automating like some of those jobs, right? It's totally. like there, there is like there is this big, like we don't have like sort of the promise of like oh go work at ford like in the 1920s and like you're set type of thing but there is sort of this other promise that's like if you invest two hundred thousand dollars into your education then at yeah. least like then you have some some like cushion right but that's yeah. kind of potentially going away <laughs> like getting a little slippery um, yeah so and like to be clear like i don't think it's like oh a better system would be like everyone who has a job is like work to the fucking bone. Right. But I think it's more like, that's not like an ideal system, but I think it just shows that like, um, the whole economy is sort of Fugazi. Like it's sort of artificial. Like there's so much more, um, like it's, uh, there's so much more that is built into it functioning as it, as it does, that isn't strictly necessary. And right. it's just a sop to like keep sort of, yeah people buying stuff or having money to buy shit i mean i mean imagine a world where you hypothetically had eight billion people all being like adderall productive product there's not there's not enough there's not enough work for that you know what i mean no there's not literally not enough things to be done like there's not enough people in the world who buy stuff like we're the consumer class here in the west and like in the united states and like the rest of the world makes the shit that we just like swallow up the black hole um and yeah people need money to spend on like egos shit <laughs> so they have to have a fucking job as like a yeah as like a you know license and acquisition product right. talent specialist at like a a company called like um uh, uh goofer yeah my favorite <laughs> is people who work in like and i still don't know what this means and it's been years of working with people to do this but like people who work on quote strategy mm, like people dude, who work in the strategy department. strategy is critical Max. what the fuck does that, like well, listen, <laughs> what the fuck does that strategy mean strategy operates on a need to know basis <laughs> like what the you, fuck does that mean yeah well mac that attitude right there is why you're not <laughs> yeah that's why i'm a lowly lowly grunt yeah that's why you take orders the, you go you know. they tell you to charge the machine gun nest and you, you do it <laughs> get swiss cheese yeah, jokes on jokes on me jokes huh? on you 
anyway, um, so jokes on all of us. Um, okay, so that's cool. Um, if you have two jobs right now and you're cashing two checks and Tetrising, just to tell your boss, one of your bosses, you're in the bathroom and you have diarrhea, and tell your other boss, uh, same thing that you have IBS, and then yeah. they, that's, that's HIPAA, right? Yeah, it's, that's that's protected. Safe. Yeah, you can't I'm gonna ask, do this. Can't ask shit. Um, See, all right. Thinking, thinking smart, not. I'm thinking smart, not hard. Um, all right. Um, so that's a little bit of a that's a little smattering. Um, we have another really fun, super fun segment coming up. Um, but so why don't fun. we take a little break? Uh, and we'll, we'll we'll hop into that. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Cool. As we speak, our dear music director Dalton Four is, you know, plying the westward roads um, on his way to uh, the city of angels and his little new bot Prius. So we wish him the best. Yeah, um, he got a Prius. Yeah, he bought no a Prius. Shit. Yeah, which, you know, um, great segue into uh, what we're about to be talking about, which is um climate change and in particular the ipcc which is the international panel on climate change um yeah they've released a new report which they do all the time that's like oh my god no we're fucked ah and then um people just sort of are like oh okay um but no but there was a new one that came out can i do a quick little tangent before we go into yeah sorry Um, so i think for like listeners may know we're called the future is out right and i think like Part of the, Joe and I had a conversation about this before we did, did this episode about like, in a real literal sense, like assuming you're not a climate, you know, you don't think it's all Fugazi, the most real term like future is out type of thing like literally hurts your skin is like climate change right <laughs> and it's happening yeah. but we have like really never talked about it yet and I think there's a lot of reasons for that and I think 
you know, as a collective society, like it's been really hard to sort of um, pay attention to it. Um, and I think it's understandable, but I think it's worth, and will by no means be exhaustive here, but I think it's worth really sort of talking about um, it collectively because it is like truly the most future Zhao type of topic there is. And this IPCC report has been much talked about and has been um, anticipated in like the climate community for a long time. So that's why we're talking about it. But really, I think going forward, um, I speak for myself, I think it's something that we want to keep hammering down on a bit more because it is like truly one of the biggest stories of our time and can't really be over overdone um it cannot you know. but it's also i mean i think the reason that it, people it's like become background noise because it is it is genuinely stultifying like right. the scale of the issue like how multi-faceted it seems in terms of like what could possibly be done to start reining in our like the problem and right. our our sort of carbon emissions um i think like every a lot of people myself included have just been like I'm going to just, I'm tabling that. Like, I'm, that's going in the freezer yeah, for now. Same. Because it's sure. fucking insane. I mean, it's genuinely, like, and there's so, and there's, like, we have so little available to us as individuals that, like, we feel like we can do. Yeah. Um, especially because, like, what we've all, what we've been told is just, like, oh, drive electric cars, like, recycle. And it's yeah. just, like, literally just, like, you know, snowball's chance in hell of doing anything substantial. And we repeatedly get these, like, catastrophic dire warnings from like this or that inter you know you know governmental scientific panel warning that oh it's worse than we've ever feared and it is like there's only so much you can really do and i think the human tendency is to just sort of like not to ignore it yeah and i think like too it's like the as we'll discuss later when we go into it but the things that you can actually can do that work all are the things that we are the worst at doing, right? It's like cooperation. It's like doing <laughs> things that are like yeah. against our interests, like doing things that are financially not beneficial. All the things that we're collectively have shown not be able to be able to do well are the things that need to be done for this. Well, under yeah, yeah, under capitalism, I think I do think like everyone is incentivized to like. I mean, we have just become like monads, where you're just like a little, you're like home, you know, homo economicus, as the term was framed, or as the phrase was coined years ago like everyone is just like a little economic actor like you know hanging off certain inputs and trying to like make the best buck for themselves and like we'll never fucking solve this problem if that's like what we are but that's like what we've been conditioned to be and what we've been rewarded for being for decades now yeah so it's very hard to unlearn all of that um nonetheless i don't it's not hopeless it's not doomed we're not doomed um from what i uh sort of have gleaned i mean it's certainly we're in for uh you know a bit of a a bit of a um change of scenery (laughs) (laughs) but uh there's a lot that can still be done um and there's a lot of like ins and outs um even to this latest report um which is sort of been been a bit of a you know a weather vein as it were so do should we do you want to go go into some of the the deets yeah let's go into the report and i guess like the one preamble so there's many reports all the time, right? And they all get kind of like mixed in together. So yeah, I IPC- put out a report uh, the other day. No one, I don't <laughs> no think. One, no one, you I, didn't get I think it was somehow the email didn't. 
something like yeah i think i, I people i lost my dude, i got people, a new phone no, people are just like they can't deal with it anymore jonah it's, yeah. it's not you it's it's no it's dude because my reports are the best dude. um but but the ipcc right they are the, the reason why these like stand out is because it is like an inter like it is like the that cream to the creme of like both in terms of like the legitimacy of it but then too in terms of like how like they said that going into this they there were seventeen thousand um research papers that uh were part of this report right and the report comes every couple years and when you hear as a observer you've probably heard this like in the background we can't hit like a two degree celsius like these little benchmarks they're the ones that really sort of made that um a sticking point right yeah like, and like they're sort of like thing. it's sort of a bit of it's like an outgrowth of the united nations right. which say what you will about the united nations um but it's this is this this sort of institution the intergovernmental panel on climate change which we'll be calling the ipcc been around since 88 which also is interesting to think about like right. the, people have i mean we've known about fucking climate change for a very long time and like the degree to which it's been not um a priority is the degree to which like the science and the degree of the problem has been obfuscated by um like chevron and other um oil companies who've spent like millions of dollars like trying to you know shush up and like um uh diminish the scale of the problem for their own short-term gain um which is like some of the most like mind-bogglingly criminal behavior ever and yet like there's been no repercussions of course but nonetheless i digress the ipcc is well what they do is like they don't really do as i understand it they don't conduct original research themselves they're like an aggregator so they take everything in and sort of like parse and um you know equilibrium like find equilibrium and and make like a sort of digest um, specifically pretty conservative too is is a point of it right is like they're conservative in the sense of like there's any number of like alarmist and they take the like yeah they're they're not like this is this isn't a report where it's like oh the the wacky outliers like this is like the most condensed like kind of most yeah the tepid like the optimistic take frankly because yeah which is which is hair raising enough and so and so i'll i'll give my like one sentence sort of um top line of the result and then we can kind of go into the details but this is i think like the real takeaway that's been reported so i think the last report they did was like in 2014 or 2015 and that was when they said that like two degrees warming of celsius of the temperature of the earth's um you know global warming that would be like the point where it was like if you go past that then we're very fucked in the way that like it's not that like civilization's over and shit, but it means that like there's the really catastrophic sort of effects both of the environment and of the downstream effects of like society reacting to the environment are like not going to be really easily reversible. And they're like, we need to sort of avoid that as soon as we can. This report, the big thing was they were saying that um, essentially now, even if tomorrow we flipped a switch and said that like, there was no more emissions at all. Yeah. There's because of like there's a delayed effect of all this. Right. We have baked in that there's going to be at least 1.5 degrees Celsius warming no matter what. Like, Which means like, like the not. average average surface temperature of the Earth would it will increase by 1.5 degrees Celsius. Which um in, yeah, which in effect like in real um 
that means like so the the effect of that is like they say like more like extreme well let me read from the new york times summary of the ipcc report um um and they say you know quoting research aggregated by the ipcc um and again this is at 1.5 degrees of warming which is essentially locked in at this point like max said even if we stop emitting carbon of any kind or fossil fuels of any kind today which is obviously not even close to feasible um this would be you know this is the drag effect of what we've already emitted um and the new york times claims um that the quote dangers grow considerably nearly 1 billion people could swelter in more frequent life-threatening heat waves hundreds of millions more would struggle for water because of severe droughts some animal and plant species alive today will be gone. Coral reefs, which sustain fisheries for large swaths of the groves, will suffer more frequent mass die-offs. And then they quote a climate scientist um, from the University of Leeds named Piers Forster, who says, we can expect a significant jump in extreme weather over the next 20 to 30 years. Um, things are unfortunately likely to get worse than they right. are today. So, okay, everyone knows this. Like, I don't think anyone is, this is news to anyone like, oh, shit. <laughs> Well, I think um, that the fact that it's the locked in thing is like kind of news. And I think part of it too, I mean, this is something we'll go into in it, but this is, they mentioned this in the report and in like some other reading we were doing, but you, like we've known that climate change is a thing for a while and like there's been these warnings, but actually like since we've known what to do and like have been aware in that time, we've actually done way worse right and yes. so they say this in the report but like a big thing about climate change is like sea level rise right it's one of the parts of it so they say that um for example in the report that the ocean has risen eight inches over the past century that has been doubled since 2006 right and like so, the so that's most- to say that in the past 100 years the ocean has risen eight inches but in the past um like 15 years it's risen four Right, exactly. So it's like since yeah. we've known about it, we've actually, and I think that this was so this it is took not, it took it took eighty five years to rise four, and then fifteen years to rise another four. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's, it's just like exponentially good. kind of growing, <laughs> and like this is not mentioned in the report, I don't think, but it's mentioned elsewhere in this book I was reading. But like, you know, the most obvious thing we know, right, is like coal, not even other fossil fuels, but coal, like dirty coal, like the bad thing. We've actually had like since Al Gore. Mr. Al Gore wrote, like, did the inconvenient truth. Like, since then, we've actually had, like, an 80% increase in, like, coal production, right? So, this whole, like, we both, like, know more about what's going on, but since we've known, it's actually getting way worse. Well, this is what I think is, like, the crux of the thing, which is, like, people are, like, raise awareness. It's, like, everyone's aware at this point, but I think, like, the hard nuts and bolts, the fucking brass tacks, economically... And this is where, you know, I'm going to bang on this whole drum again. Like, I do think under capitalism, like, where there is an incentive to extract profit no matter what, like, we won't get people, like, doing this, like, leaving money on the table for this sort of, like, abstract notion of, like, the future generations. There's just no room for it. Like, it's like, if you wanted to do that, you if you were the guy who was like, we should do this at, like, Chevron, you'd just be fired and someone else. Right. So it's just like you're not gonna like. That's why it's like. How could it possibly be that we've been like we've been like ringing the alarm bell for decades and we're just like burning more and more and more and more coal and like yeah. Biden is coming in and saying like 
Oh, uh, listen, uh, this is an existential treasure economy, Jack. And like, uh, and then like opening up like 3,000 more right. fucking, uh, you know, fracking. In- For sure. And installations. And it, yeah, and, and I that. think a lot of it, I mean, as we'll go into, it's also like, it's much bigger than the U.S. alone, too. But like a quick, so a quick couple more things it is, but we have from, to focus from on what the, um, from the, the report, yeah, too. So, so in the report, is locked in, right? But they were saying that under our current track, and again, this is like a conservative estimate, they say that we're on track to have roughly three degrees um, Celsius warming by the end of the century, which, like, you can, like, measure it different ways, but three degrees Celsius means that essentially all of, like, the coastal U.S. is, like, more or less uninhabitable. Yeah. Um, And you have all the downstream effects from that. But they also went to say that, like, so the U.S. and, like, the U.S., for example, is your so accurately miming biden right we've had like um um you know a pledge to be carbon neutral emissions relatively soon in china who is like actually like the world's largest emitter they've pledged to be carbon neutral by 2060 if those are met and like other um commitments are met which is like not by any means like a sure thing they say that like then you would have a sure lock-in of two degrees celsius which two degrees celsius is like still really like earth changingly bad yeah, right society bad, changingly yeah. bad um and that's assuming that like these like really ambitious sort of goals are like met which there's no real like the paris the paris accord which was like the biggest sort of global effort it's yet non-binding not, it was like hey if not, you want if this is convenient for you yeah. like well, you can do this not um, a single if country not no worries so <laughs> and like, yeah and you know. but you said you said not not a single country is on track to meet their not commitments. a single country is on on track to because meet why it. would you it's just like you're a joker if you do that like it's like you know it's like you know you fucking you it's like mexican standoff effectively and like why would you why would you like um do like you know act at the expense of your I mean, everyone is in this like sort of like vicious blood bloodthirsty game where it's like if you there's no room to act for like the greater good or for like, the future because you're sort of lashed to the mast of like these like near term imperatives. I mean, right. if we fucking voted out, if the economy fucking slumps, you're fucked. Like, right. And in a in a bigger thing, gas too, prices go up, you're out. You're I mean, out this is like ass. a constant theme of this too, but it's like. And then the last little like bullet point of information, right, is that um, they also expected that um, under our current trajectory, like sea level would rise by five meters by 2150, which what does that wow. mean? That just means like, again, no more coastal, like, like inhabitable cities, right? Like it'd well, be like Venice. None of like, our old ones, right? but plenty of our new, <laughs> like, new ones. ones. Yeah, you'd have some Georgia. Yeah, you'd have like, beach line. Coastal bro- Pittsburgh, yeah. But, um, but I don't know, to what you were saying though before, and this goes into like maybe the deeper like like elements of all this but um yeah i mean there is this bigger issue where it's like why are we still seeing the increases and one of the reasons we're seeing the increases is that most of the world has not even really industrialized yet right and like Mm -hmm. that is still happening and so it's like india for example which is a country of one billion people like it's not even close to industrializing the way that the u.s did back in 18, the 1800s right and so but there's every incentive for them to do that right because it's like that that means that there's a higher standard of living blah blah all these things but that without having an alternative to like the way we've done it which is coal and and fossil fuels 
you're just continuing to like ramp up right and like this is like an existential problem that's yet to be figured out right is that like how do you, you you're weighing one the earth and the climate on the one end of it but on the other end it's like your self-interest of like wanting to have like a better standard of living and, and i do think this, this is where know? a lot of like uh like liberal western climate concern goes awry which is just basically being like it's so important like the environment is so important and like listen i i i'm a big environment guy i love monkeys and orangutans and genuinely like it makes me really sad to think like oh like forest being hacked and burned it like upsets me a lot but it's also like i recognize that it's a very fucked up and like perverted position to sort of put the sentimentality of like the sort of these like abstract concepts of the beauty of nature over like you know the like hundreds of thousands i mean millions of people who are living in like abject miserable yeah. poverty and like can't have medicine and are dying from preventable illnesses and just like well like well you have to keep living that way because like right you know we can't have you doing what we did um in order to like achieve more uh, you know a more humane standard of life well yeah i mean, I mean that was a, demented and and it won't work it was a big um, issue with like the at the time like the paris accord right was that like essentially there was not I'm, I'm i'm simplifying but the problem was that there was not really a good way of differentiating the responsibility for say an emerging country an emerging economy versus ooh. like the u.s and so like if you're like an emerging country that's like trying to like sort of up your standard of living it's a hard sell to say no you need to pump on the brakes essentially to like offset the problems that have been caused by a select few countries right well like, yes the problems the we're facing now it's are a double all whammy from, from like already established it's countries. a double whammy because it's also like the nations that are like have contributed the least to the problem and this is where another thing that a lot of people like to talk about like oh we're overpopulated and then they'll like show like and it's a very racist fucking argument people be like show like oh some family in like bangladesh or africa or you know you know sub-saharan africa or you know latin america there's like some large family with many many children and it's just like and like oh we're overpopulated we need population control which is like sort of it's fucking eugenic essentially yeah. broadly speaking most of the time because the carbon footprint of like one western person is equivalent to like 40 fucking people in Bangladesh. It's like, fair. However, though, like with the implication that they, those people will then have the carbon footprint of a US person like No, but in they won't in no, but that's not something that's really no one is no like I mean it's happening like in China for example, right? Where like a lot of like middle class Chinese people who like have didn't exist before like 30 years ago even now is, like, though. Like they've no, become like the world's they are, largest like, emitter from pretty much nothing in the span of less than 30 years, right? Yeah, but that's a, that's a distinct question from whether, like, the individual people um, are having... The, like, the United States, like, your average American's carbon footprint in terms of what they consume and how we consume is still dramatically larger than your average Chinese sure. person. Yeah. And your average fucking, like, you know, Ghanaian or Indian or Bangladeshi, it's just, like, we're talking decades and decades of, like, development on the current course where they would be anywhere close. Right. Which is all to say that, like, these notions of, um, you know, or, or rather what I, was, what I was going to say earlier, which is that, like, the largest emitters are also the people who are, like, best insulated from the effect. So, like... For the most part, yeah. Yeah, like, Western Europe... Ironically, the U.S. is actually, like, 
somewhat of an outlier because we're like in this book I was reading. It's called The Unhabitable yeah, Earth. We're take they 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 mention um, that like the U.S. is in this like that is generally true, but the U.S. is like I think they they measured it as like we'll have the second most long term effects of climate because of our geography and like a bunch of things. Right, but um, we also have like the we have the wealth to like sort of right bulwark ourselves against it. Whereas like you look at like you know fucking the Asian subcontinent. Sure. It's like these are people who have contributed effectively zero carbon to the atmosphere right. ever, and are getting destroyed. Like whole city, like the Dhaka, Bangladesh, fucking underwater. Like well, that goes know, that goes to one thing I thought huge would be, heat waves be in good. India. It's like. It's a double whammy, and it's just like goes to show how it's like perverse this whole system is set up to be. Like, yeah, I think I think it goes to a point that would be worth hitting on for a second, which is that like a lot of these things can seem very abstract and like forward facing, but like yeah. there is right now today, like there is like a lot of communities that are like experiencing the effects real time, right? So it's like like Indonesia, the Philippines, like they're having record floods, oh, yeah. and like a lot of like even the arguments about like sea level rise like there are right now a lot of cities and towns that are just like no longer inhabitable as they were a couple decades ago especially in like southeast asia and even like in the u.s and like specifically referencing like uh elizabeth rush she has this book called rising and she goes specifically to like the 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 wetlands and the marshlands and like the everglades and other like like in like some of the Mm -hmm. northeastern cities those have also completely changed right a lot of these places um that people used to live on pretty normally are like you cannot live there anymore like we there is like this this is happening right now it's just that like it's happening in places that aren't you're not really paying attention to right it's it's like the most either it's like as you say the global south or it's like the people that no one wants to talk about in the u.s right like the hillbillies in the everglades or like you know like really um poor people in coastal like not like miami well it's funny i was just i was just yeah, as you say, there's like currently I'm sure I would be shocked if and like if anyone fucking who's listening would know about this, but there's a like a low grade civil war happening in Cameroon right now that I was happened to just be hearing about. Um that it's like absolutely a function of climate change pretty uh, or like the most recent um sort of I mean it's obviously a complex political um conflict um between like sort of French and English speaking um Cameroonian uh communities, but it's absolutely it's like a primary driver from what I understand of late is like the these pastoral like Muslim um uh cultures that are lived in like uh the northwestern part of Cameroon mm-hmm. who are being driven off like what little arable land exists right. and into conflict with, you know, these like other um segments of Cameroonian society that are are settled and and farm um and it's causing like a a a civil war which um has been ongoing for some time to some degree but it was flaring up like even just this this week um and these are the type of things this is exactly what you're talking about it's like we do not hear about at all right you don't hear Bo peep about any of this stuff but it is 100 percent like uh this ongoing like like simmer like a low boil and it's like the more people are driven off like land that's suitable and then in, into each other's lap or there's going to be this conflict. Well, it's hard. Yeah, for sure. And it's like when you get to like some of the, this is like one of the problems with like talking about like climate change and stuff is that like, it's hard to draw. There's so many factors. So it's hard to draw 
direct parallels, but like I, I will reference this a lot because I was reading this for this, but it's this book called The Uninhabitable Earth, and it goes into a little bit of kind of that about like potential conflicts that arise from climate change. And he makes the argument um, that others have made that like you know the civil war in Sudan, for example, or the civil yeah, war that's or in, going Syria. On in Syria, right? Is that like there was obviously the civil war in Syria was predic was preceded by one of the worst droughts in right. in history, right? right. And uh, like in that's, recent memory, anyway. yeah, and like that's a so that these are things that like obviously it's a confluence of factors, but the there's an argument that like especially when it comes to like water shortages and stuff, which is like that's something that's like expected, especially with the three degrees Celsius benchmark, whatever that that's going to become more of a thing that that it's maybe you know you're not gonna it's not this smoking gun of why there's more conflict, but it is it heightens all the other things around it, right? And this this is the, the issue with like I think one of the core points of like climate change issue is that it's not necessarily that there's like a mad max, like the earth is burning like on fire, even though some places, even though it, it literally is. is, but the bigger thing is that like the, the way that society reacts to like even a little bit of a fuck up in like yes. some of these places. Right. So in the U S or other places, right. Like what, what happens and we're starting to see this now, what happens when you have, millions of refugees leaving places to go to like Europe or go to the US which have all like also been anti-immigration for so long you have conflict right what happens when like well not only do US... you have conflict you have yeah you have like de a degraded you know when you have a, a degraded internal political uh system that is like stressed by these external factors right. um and that's already deeply dysfunctional. Right. I mean, you see this like the way in which like rhetoric around migrant caravans like right. totally played into uh, hysteria that like let border hysteria that led to the election of Trump and is like still an animating force in right wing politics in the country that is one hundred percent, you know, can be tied to climate and our and the United States's foreign policy uh, more broadly. But yeah, it. Ha I mean, I mean, I mean, we can go into like all the specific things, the flooding, the this and the that, the conflicts. But I mean, I think it's like, you know, you can do your own research on this matter. But I think what's very clear is that like, it's this type of thing that because it's like right, just turning up the volume at the base level, everything that could possibly, right. everything that's already happening in the world is just like, it's like popcorn kernels. Like heat is turning up, we're gonna get more pops. Like, and that's just like it's impossible to predict specifically but you can it's also impossible to be it's impossible to miss right. when you just predict that like it's going to just be more it's a, right. again like a force multiplier it's a well the force multiplier that's why i wanted to talk about was that like that's a, a undercurrent theme of so much of the shit is that like it's it's the exponential factor of it right it's the feedback loops of all this stuff that like you can predict like the thing is is that like even these estimates of like how much the t temperature will rise we're kind of spitballing because like there's a lot mm -hmm. of things that could happen that could just exponentially increase it. Like, so for example, like we've seen a lot more wildfires, right? Like all, not just in California, but all across the world and like wildfires as like a, like case study, right. As a way to, to amplify all this. So like that book I was reading, they, one of the like things they mentioned is that like, so forests in particular are like, one of the best defenses we have against like temperature rise because they are carbon sinks, which means yeah. they, they take a lot of the carbon in. But 
because they're taking all that carbon in and like you know a lot of forests the trees are hundreds of years old in some cases right and they are storing hundreds of years worth of carbon every time a tree burns that carbon is then released back into the atmosphere which then heats everything again and so um as of today you know a lot of estimates show that like forest fires for example account for almost 25 percent of all of our emissions right and so what happens when you start good thing we aren't having more and more of those right yeah right so what happens when you start like um exponentially increasing this and so they they um yeah like they they mentioned this in the book but it's like essentially you have your carbon sinks end up becoming like a, a bomb right because well, yeah just it's like, like you like you're, you're you're like you're taking flooding water and like sucking it up right and that's just one i mean there's also things like like and this is you know this is not proven but like another thing that like a lot of people worry about for example is like yeah right um you know like the whole permafrost argument right in like siberia and russia so like for people just real quickly it's like in a lot of like siberia um in like northern europe there's like um the permafrost is like been frozen for whatever like thousands thousands of years but in it there's like you have old fossils of like mammoths and old fossils of like other like like things have stored carbon and yeah white walkers you know you got old uh old uh yeah just yeah, old creatures who, who love to drive big big yeah they, they all have f-150 duallys um <laughs> but the argument there is that like when if that um starts heating up and, and gets like put into the atmosphere it releases we, a bunch of a bunch of methane specifically methane, yeah yes. which is like like the worst worse. it's, it's way, way worse than carbon and and you know like no one has really predicted what that does but like if it that would essentially all of our conservative estimates would be out the window because it would be so much worse okay and that's like for example not expected to happen but it, but it's well, an example of it it's an example of things where it's like listen you could just have a crazy there's a lot of bad shit on the fucking menu right now um so i think let's move on into what can be done right um i want to briefly also um having just underlined how bad things could could be i want to like talk about a little bit like you know who's on the job like have we got our best and brightest um you know at the at the helm and i i did just want to highlight something from a an article i happened to see um that was pretty interesting and um not evac- not exactly inspiring vis-a-vis um how our elites are reacting to this um sobering news so the, <laughs> this was an article from in the new statesman by roger crisp entitled would extinction be so bad? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to read uh, from the first paragraph. Quote, Most people think that such extinction would be bad. In fact, one of the worst things that could happen. It's plausible that the process leading to various forms of extinction and extinction itself would be bad for many of us, given that our lives are overall good for us and that all else being equal, the longer they are, the better. But it's also plausible that extinction would be good for some individuals, those in the final stages of an agonizing terminal illness, for example. Um, <laughs> continuing, this means one key factor in judging the overall value of non-extinction will involve weighing these disparate interests against each other. Um, That's like, so gun what violence do you think about is that? <laughs> bad. 
But what if like gun violence is actually good, good for because ter- terminal cancer patients? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, Have you considered Wait. that? How many Whoa. of the people who were like slaughtered in a Walmart had like uh yeah had prostate cancer? Yeah, um, didn't think about that. Didn't did think you, about John? that, did you, bitch? Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is great news. Like, this is like when you're like, like the person, like the firefighter who's like trying to pry you out of a burning building starts like talking about like uh you know what he's gonna get for lunch like when before he's even halfway into the fucking jaws of life you're like hey i'm still in here (laughs) um so yeah basically we have some of our elites um in the pages of our venerable institutions weighing you know is new american statements really a venerable no it's fucking not it's a (laughs) bullshit ass rag but i'll um, take it yeah but it is pretty funny. I mean, here uh, there's some other choice bits from this from this <laughs> article, which was just so strange. Also, like but, I was um, telling Jonah off, like you should read it. It reads like a freshman like term paper that was like written the night before, like in a philosophy course. That's like it's just so like low effort. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So basically, his whole point is like, well, okay, extinction is bad because our lives, we presume to continue to be more or less good. But have you not considered how bad it is to be in like extreme agony? Yeah. So if you take that, if you take for granted that, you know, there's a substantial amount of agony yet to come, would it not be better for us to just go extinct, thereby, um, you know, eluding all of this you know agony that's waiting around the corner um to that um to that end he says quote consider the huge amount of suffering that continuing existence will bring with it not only for humans and perhaps even for post-humans by which i presume he means the tesla bot yes the the poor tesla (laughs) bot um but also for sentient non-humans who vastly outnumber us and almost certainly would continue to do so. So not only for me and you, but for Ray. Right. Um, but also I, what I love about this article, which is literally, this is in direct response to the IPCC report that came out. Just being like, you know, like, you know, I, you know, life is good, but like, I also, my wife just served me divorce papers. So like, why don't, why don't, why don't we just snuff out the entire world? And wouldn't that be better? Um, yeah, the only counterfactual is that, like, all of human history, we've been guided by the urge to survive. The urge to live, <laughs> yeah. Like, since we crawled out of a fucking cave, it's just like, what if we just scrap all that? Because, uh, yeah, life can be a bummer sometimes. And, like, yeah. Um, pretty demented. Um, he, he finishes by saying, ultimately, I'm not claiming that extinction would be good, only that, since it might be, we should devote a lot more attention thinking about the value of extinction than we have to date it's like cool thanks roger that rocks thank you very much that's extremely helpful great contribution also not considering the fact that like what extinction is as if it's just like everyone is just like drinking the kool-aid jonestown style all at once not just like some horrific like you know world war fought over like boiling oceans with nukes and shit like buddy like why don't you just like you know how about a little elbow grease <laughs> in, in, into the problems of the day instead of fucking riffing and pontificating on, uh, you know, the, the, the neutral and absolute values of suffering. Right. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Which so is, to, yeah. To, so to what can be done, right? Well, um, yeah. Which is to say there's a lot more that can be done than what our good boy fucking Roger 
<laughs> is giving us credit so, for. Yeah. So we'll go into, I'll caveat. So I think one important thing, and this was a, a big part of the IPC report and other reports as well, right? But this Including is my a, report. Yeah, including Jonah's report that, goddamn you, you didn't um, comment and like and subscribe. But um, my this whole was, report this is... is some, so, I mean, anyone who's like basically report. pay attention will know that there's like people have talked about carbon taxes and like policy and all this type of stuff. One thing that's like I I I thought was an interesting takeaway was in the IPC report and other reports they've said that even if you just reduce even if you drastically reduce emissions we're at the point now where that's not enough so you also need something that's called negative emissions in order to get to the baseline of like just not horrific shit it's not enough anymore to just reduce we also have to find ways to take carbon, things yeah. out take things out of the atmosphere and make it cooler um and we'll go <laughs> into the atmosphere yeah. is lame yeah and we need to make it cooler a, yeah it needs a little bit of a personal trend it needs a, it, we, we need to do a queer eye for the straight guy <laughs> queer eye for, for the, the atmosphere <laughs> yeah it's super lame right now and there's uh there's need to get the, some gays in the atmosphere just so they can give it a makeover yeah. and there's a range of like there's a range of options for this where it's like a, things that are practical with like maybe for example having more forests and like being more sustainable with like having more natural carbon captures which is more realistic to the more like sci-fi type of stuff which is like which is like um carbon capture type of things right where there's like this like technology that does exist and we talk about that yeah we'll go into i was just gonna say that like this does exist but it's just not affordable where it's like things that will literally um for lack of a better term because we're all about the um technical specificities on uh on the futures out, but it sucks yeah. like the, the 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 shit out of the atmosphere. It's like a big. It's like in space balls where they put it's like the an gig- enema for the for the yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, have you ever in space balls where they put the gigantic vacuum cleaner up to the dome, <laughs> suck all the oxygen right. out? Like that. Um, we need that. We need a giant Hoover. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of uh, I think you know, I, and like this is where I stand. Like there are a lot of promising technological sort of. Um, uh, tools that we can sort of marshal to right. to reduce. Um, and this is a thing to reduce our carbon, you know, output as well as reduce the amount of carbon in the air. And like, the thing that's so infuriating to me, or like just like troubling, is that like it all. I feel like the technology is really there. This it's is the, not yeah. the the solving this problem is not a technological. Question. It's a policy. Like, it's like a it's, it's an emplacement. It's like a it's a policy will and, a will, and yeah. who has the power in our society. And it's so clear that like, you know, we're still like we're still talking about like, you know, oh like we're still like having like BP and Chevron being like oh, our partners in a new in in a renewable future. And it's like those people should really like all like the CEOs of BP and Chevron should be hanged. Um, that's the official um position of this podcast just kidding but literally like we need to be going yesterday style on like um like what uh y- y- these business friendly solutions like um it, it, we need to like really be bringing the technology that yeah. does exist to bear in like a significant way and not in a way that's like you know uh gonna preserve the profits of like existing fossil fuel companies so yeah, for sure. And for the listeners, we'll, let me just do a couple real quick bullet points of yeah, like what please. those look like. And then there's a couple that I wanted to focus in on more specifically, but these are things that people are thinking about, right? So one, um, for example, lab-grown meat, right? So this is something that because agriculture in all of its, its uh, 
complexities accounts for like somewhere between people say between 10 and 40% or 30% of all of our missions. So the idea is lab grown meat where you don't actually have a creature, Live you grow stock, it yeah. through a Petri dish. Like if you did that at scale, that would be a huge boom. That's one. So another one is like, um, we can put it under the bracket of like, like city efficiency. So like there's people that are thinking of like, can we make like, uh, like change all the roofs of like all the buildings to be white to be like less reflective. <laughs> it can seems you do, so like, much. Can you like, do like um. Uh, this is like trying to do, when you're doing your homework, like as your teacher's going <laughs> right. around collecting it, and you're like fucking scribbling. You're like uh uh. uh. <laughs> right. There's and then so that's one. There's also like um, which we'll get into like um, electric vehicles. Right. This is this is the one that's like, and we'll circle back to it for a bit because I have thoughts of it. But this is like the the most obvious thing that um places they're trying to do that like cars uh on aggregate they're like combustion engines account for a huge amount of um fossil fuel use or the emissions and so the idea is if you move to electric that's based off of renewable energy that would have a huge dent and then also um going to like some of the more i i would say dare me say ridiculous ones there's even like people who are saying um potentially reintroduce um old parts of the environment that existed when we were more kind of homeostasis like there's a a russian scientist who his whole thing is like to bring back the woolly mammoth in siberia because he says that by bringing back like by making where the permafrost is look like what it was when we were more sustainable that it would actually um encourage more like plant growth and more flora and fauna that would like help be a carbon yes stuff like that so i think that would rock also well let's also i mean this is a whole other podcast but nuclear energy that, too. That's, i was gonna say yeah so nuclear the most based form of energy well i maybe let's so let's go into this for a second because i think it's it, nuclear energy is is based something i think of it's interesting because when you're when you're when you're jacking off yeah when i'm thinking i'm like man this tower is so phallic <laughs> and beautiful um so in that book i was reading the uninhabitable earth they make a point of this where it's like this was kind of like after the, you know, the, the, after World War II, there was a huge push to like really kind of transform all of our energy to be nuclear. And on the merits, when it's like going right, nuclear going energy so is right, actually yeah. like kind of oh. great. Like it, it's, it's very clean um, in terms of it doesn't add like a lot of like heat or emissions. It's like no, it's, it's, yeah, it's carbon neutral. And it's, much. and it's, if you did it right, it's kind of like an, unlimited supply of energy it's extremely efficient yeah the problem is obviously is that you have a lot of waste which the not way- a lot of waste but you have very problematic waste i mean yeah, yeah ultimately I mean, you would have a lot if you're doing it at yeah large scale. in the u.s i think the way that we've solved that pro- and like i think it's Bearing worth saying it under yucca mountain yeah and like the the waste it's like it i think that the hat like when it decays is like something like ten thousand years, years yeah. so that's it'll be problem. radioactive for ten thousand years yeah however there is a finnish company that actually came up with like a really novel means of storing nuclear waste um in these like underground sarcophaguses that are actually like it would genuinely solve the issue interesting um we well can... our friend our friend mr bezos his idea recently was that we should just shoot the waste into space of fucking course it is. yeah there's, <laughs> of course that would be yeah his phallic robots or, or his phallic uh um spaceships but yeah, no we're not but you know to... i mean you told the us obvious, not to talk about the, the obvious thing robots. with like nuclear energy is like we've had like very high profile whether it's chernobyl or like three mile island these other places like really high profile incidents fukushima, in fukushima that so i'm 
I would love to know what you think about this, Jonah. But the argument that they make in this book is that the actual amount of deaths you can debate it, right? Like I think Chernobyl, for example, their official death tally is forty-seven, which is definitely not true, right? It was like the yeah, but it's amount probably of people who not, had like yeah. cancer and shit was a lot higher. But the argument they make is like let's say ten thousand, right? For example, that is still drastically lower than the amount of people who die every, every day, day yes. from potentially the effects of like pollution um and so 100%. you have this like issue where it's like maybe nuclear energy is like better but like the optics and image of it when you have a, a disaster are way if worse, i were right? world dictator frankly i would like you know i honestly think that yes it's brought and like you do risk like chernobyl for instance was like a disaster but it actually had the potential to be even worse like right. it could have been genuinely horrifically bad so right. it is high risk high reward like real really um nonetheless and I, like we kind of i feel this is i mean i was after you, watching chernobyl which is like has its own issues but it's still a good show and show. um i was left with this thing that like we don't like when it comes to nuclear energy like we don't we really have a very base understanding of how it works and like we're just doing like I don't know adding more that. water to like to like cool it down for well, certainly you and i but i do i think there are Even people have a, is... i think there's a pretty i mean the technology has become i mean there are reactors now that have that use different cooling systems that are such that when like you know an uncontrolled like meltdown starts to occur it, it is instead of like you know spiraling out of control it like brings itself to a sort of natural conclusion um as I understand, like newer um, reactor technology. So I think the technology has advanced significantly. For instance, France is really an outlier. France has 80% of its energy comes from really? nuclear power. Yeah. Interesting. It's the only country that has anywhere close to that much. It's Charles de Gaulle basically was like, fuck it, we're going nuclear. Um, and like, they have not had a significant accident. It's not to say like you couldn't it can't happen but honestly i do think like we're basically in doomsday time with climate with fossil fuels so i think as a as a stopgap nuclear energy is really like a, an amazing untapped resource and i'm pretty much all for it well and I, if a bunch of people have to die of like cancer which would be horrible and like a meltdown situation um that would be genuinely nightmarish and not to be discounted but it's like People are literally yeah. getting fucking murked Wait, it's like truly every day the, because of climate yeah, change. Yes, the like, quintessential like an unspeakable. It's like an unfathomable. It's so diffuse. Yeah. It's hard to count. It is like really the quintessential like philosophy like thought experiment thing, right? Because it's like it's the long term payoff or whatever. So I think it's that's worth, cooler, worth thinking about. I, so I wanted to like circle back to the EV thing though, because yeah. um, right now at least like this is kind of the biggest push. I think it's fair to say so. For some news context, like um, in the U.S., right, um, the U.S. just passed like its big infrastructure bill, right, and it, a big part of that um, is I think there's sixty billion dollars that's going towards um, expansion of EV charging networks, right, all across the U.S. Because like the big one of the biggest hurdles, aside from price and all these other things, of like EV adoption is that like you can't really go anywhere with them. <laughs> yeah, know? bummer. Yeah, um, and this is like trying to adopt it, and in the meantime, like. GM for like all the big players have all like um said that they're going to like do these like commit to using more EVs and the overlying argument as we said before is that by if you can like get rid of you know carbon um 
of combustion engines and replace them with EV cars, then like that would do a huge deal of good. But like I think, and I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago for my day job that like there's the more we're understanding about like for example like the batteries right that go into like all of these um, EV cars, the they have a whole slew of like really detrimental things, not just for the for warming, but for like the mining that's associated with it, right? With like lithium mining or cobalt mining, these are really toxic um, elements, materials, and like in the process, like to you know, I, I'm 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 blanking on the stat right now, but Tesla right now, just Tesla alone, which accounts for like I think like less than five percent of the new all, oil, it's the new all, crude oil, all like cars on Earth, they. Have the overwhelming majority oh, less than one percent. Yeah, but they're less than one. But they have the overwhelming majority of um, lithium consumption for their. I mean, for their batteries and like it's in that comes with like you look at whether it's in Chile, whether it's in Nevada, whether it's in like some parts of China, whether these these big lithium deposits, it's wrecking like the, it's horrible, the environment yeah, there. I mean, and, like, well, it's mostly because it's there, there being well. it's being like strip mined in like communities in the global south that have like. You know, it's just like classic neo-colonial. Even in the U.S. Extraction. too. I mean, like even in like like places like in Nevada that used to be like kind of normal cities are have been completely stripped bare of like. Well, yeah, because... but I'm sure they're not like. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, there probably is plenty of fucking environmental degradation going down. But it is interesting because, like, I mean, Musk had had one of his great tweets about, um, "Fuck it, we'll coup whoever we want." When the coup <laughs> in Bolivia was happening, which really? was like, you know, he literally, oh yeah. He literally tweeted. Um, he literally tweeted when there was a, a a coup under taking place in uh against Evo Morales in Bolivia last year, I suppose. Um, really dropped the mask because you know everyone was saying, "Oh, this isn't a coup!" Like you know, this is an uprising against Evo Morales, the like massively popular president of Bolivia, um, who you know, has since, like, been returned to power, his party has. Um, but Musk, the main fucking, you know, um, actor in, in the main, like, you know, principal party in securing uh, lithium for his batteries, um, literally tweeted to someone who said, you know what wasn't in the best interest of people? The U.S. government organizing a coup against Evo Morales in Bolivia so you could obtain the lithium there. Elon Musk literally replies to this random person, we will coup whoever we want. Deal with it. Yeah, very, very, very... Pretty mask-off fucking uh, moment. I mean, and I think that just goes to show, like, these types of minerals... I mean, that's also why we've been in Afghanistan for the longest time. There's a, Afghanistan is immensely mineral-rich. Um, yeah. So these are sort of like the new frontiers of our fucking, uh, right. you know, imperial and project. But I guess nonetheless... The, yeah, the broader thing is that, like, too, that we're already sort of seeing, you know grappling with these decisions now when there's like less than 10 percent of all vehicles are evs like we've like both china and the u.s and a bunch of countries have all made these really big commitments to like go to all evs but what happens when you just amplify all those issues within you know tenfold within the next couple years like it hasn't really been very well thought out and maybe it's the case and that like it's worth it but i think that like there's you know there's always other it's not so easy that you just flip the switch 
and like replace one thing with the other because it absolutely comes with all not. these other consequences and especially when you consider like how many cars are still being sold right for every day today like tens of thousands of cars rolling off lots that still burn gasoline and that are going to be drivable for 30 years yeah i mean if you're i just s- think the ev thing is like not like you can't and again i think it sort of reflects just like this failure of imagination sort of not to like use that fucking phrase um <laughs> which is usually about like how we're not staying in afghanistan um yeah, but you're not using it that way so i think it's fine just okay words. thank you <laughs> um no you're right but okay the fact that like we're like okay like oh big problem how are we going to tackle it like we'll incentivize consumers to make purchases that are like better for the environment and it's just like well i mean that's just, so i mean limited. it goes it's like, a, like yeah that's I such mean, a weak is, stream yeah the thing is is like that like this is something like the reason that gm like gm is like comfortable with doing this because they can feasibly just switch their cars to be electric you know what i mean it's not like a really a huge detriment to them or any of these so other big emitters. Planning. I mean, they're probably already like have a plan. Yeah, they, they. I mean, they specifically have, and yeah. it's like, and yeah, and obviously the the. I mean, this is said all the time, but it's like, what happens if like the grid that you're pulling it from is not renewable energies either? Like, you're not right. really solving the problem. It isn't at the moment. Um. So it's a whole. Yeah, it's a whole thing, and then and it also like um we were we mentioned this briefly before, but like the changing habits of all this stuff is that like people aren't. Like your new electric car that you're getting doesn't last you nearly as long as like an old car did for many reasons. But so essentially, you're buying a new Tesla every four years, and that comes with all the like effects of like environmental effects that go into building a forty thousand dollar car is like every year, every couple of years, and it's like that's not sustainable at least right now, no, right? It's, it's not, not sustainable to have an iPhone okay. model for for cars right yes specifically not but this is exactly my thing like i mean i mean i think you make an excellent point there which is that like what is proposed and sort of sold as like the solution is actually just way it's just more of the same i mean it's like arguably worse in a different way like creating a new sort of like consumer model that's keeping us people buying and in the need of a really resource and like extractive intensive um industry um sort of suckering us it's like you know breaking our fucking heroin addiction with cocaine you know right like sorry it's, producer it's, ray is uh, producer ray is listing on a it's gonna fix our levels really quick um okay so and like you know so okay i guess mac now maybe to zoom out fast whatever i think we've gone into well like my position on all of this is that like i really do think like this is where capitalism is like not equipped to deal with the problem. It's like, which is like always going to resort to markets. I think like markets are ill-equipped to deal with these like long-term issues that really require thinking of beyond like the fiscal quarter, um, because there's always going to be money to be made in mining lithium, in burning fossil fuels, in selling cars, and like we need to like choke, like we need to edge, like we're trying to come all the time, and we need to like. We need to save our nut um, because it's going to kill us if we keep doing like, yeah. and, and it's just like, as long as we just count on everyone to make the rational, logical decision, the rational decision right now is to keep doing all this stuff. Right. Like it's rational for me as an economic act, as a little monad, as a, as a, as a little businessman under in the American economy to go out and like 
get a fucking petroleum geology degree and go pump gas. Yeah, I hear uh, you. Yeah, you know, and that's like we need to offer something else. I wouldn't argue that. with that, I, but I do think that like if you're looking for what can be done to like stop the the climate apocalypse, as it were, that I'll just there's not going to be like a massive revolution worldwide that says we're no longer going to be consuming I, I, I just don't think that's it's not about not consuming point, it's about consuming in a way that's more responsible to democratic and this has been like said but it's like things that are like maybe unsexy which is like just having policy on a grand scale that's like intentionally not beneficial to someone's self-interest which is like taxing like on a very specific level like the things that are the revenue drivers right which is like the big coal companies or like the big companies that like benefit we're so stuff. captive to their those interests like why how have we, if we haven't done it now like like that's the type of stuff that should have been like taxing sure. for like a lot you know so down the line you'll have it's like this is a shit that should have happened 15 years ago fair like, enough yeah i mean absolutely it should have happened it seems deeply insufficient at this point in time but like what's like, the alternative though the right? alternative is, like, i think is like I think you have to, in, I guess, like starting from the smallest step is like in your own head. This is just me being didactic. Like, I don't know shit, but this is like my, my thought on the matter. Um, and you are listening to our podcast. So um, I guess I'm, I'm <laughs> feeling entitled to tell you what I think, which is that like, you know, you should come to the grips with the fact that like our current economic system and socioeconomic sort of means of ordering our world is not sufficient to handle this crisis and then right. we need something really different but that but in and the then, face okay. that that's not going to happen though it's that's like not, what do no. you do though well, well, right you i think you have to hope that but I, but there no as of present there's no like clear line and to the that. and the timeline is like we need to have action now right like and well, the, it is we can't but like we're not getting like, we're not getting like little ticky tacky tax credits even those aren't getting fucking passed so it's just like that should just like really close the book on that because but, it's like even but they the haven't most, been done though, right? Is but the there's like, like no even way to they've been tried and they've been like the Green New Deal, for instance. Well, which yeah, is but like, that was no, but that's tepid. But that and, was like not even ready to be pushed though, right? It was like, but that's my point is like the Green New Deal, which was like a very relatively like you know moderate um, redress to the issues that we face, was like not even remotely possible in our current political climate, which is yeah, to say I, that I, we need I, to build alternative I, political I, institutions. Like, we need... Right. I think, though, with the Green New Deal, right, specifically, if it was allowed to, like, sort of not be rushed and, like, be... Like, we're seeing some parts of, like, what would have been the Green New Deal being discussed now in more realistic terms. Like, if you had allowed it to sort of be really thought out and not just be like rushed through what the Republicans did like a couple years ago. I think no. it could have like an impact, right? Like an no. impact way more than we're doing it now won't. and more no, than like it's, hoping it's, for something, a radical revolution that's not happening. Right. You know what I mean? It's well, like, it's not happening unless people sort of like, you know, start to make it happen, which of course sounds like high in the sky bullshit, but it's like the alternative is like, Oh, these people, Everyone in the United States Senate, for instance, every single person in the United States Senate is like acts against their like retrenched and clearly established personal interests. Well, but class I think, interest, but for an example, though, like, you're starting to see that though, like with at least like with the EV stuff, right? Like that would have been a non-starter a couple years ago, 
but it's being reframed now it's- in a way that's like saying how it's going to benefit like the things that republicans want and they actually right, voted but, for it now right like, right but if, if but that's like how you know it's bullshit it's like anything the republicans want is definitionally fucked because they're like you know it's not a moral question but the republicans serve a certain sure constituency enough. in our country which is the same constituency that is pot committed to fossil fuel extraction and all right. the rest so there will never flip like there's never going to be they're never going to leave money on the table, like I said, for, for all of this stuff. So it's like anything, if you know that it's getting bipartisan support, you can basically, I think, discount it. I hear what you're hand. saying, but I, I think it's a little bit too cynical because I think that like... I hope if, so. It, like, the fact is that like, we need something that's happening in the next couple of years and soon, and you still have to work within the political system that's there. That's not going to change that you have Republicans that exist. And I think we're seeing that like, if you frame things, use the right language, and like sort of tickle the right teats, then they are actually willing to pass certain things if you they're frame not. it in a way that's like, dude, there's no framing. Everyone in the fucking Senate knows they're they're cold blooded. They're not like, it's not about just convincing people. Everyone is convinced of their own priors. Like, it's not a question of like, oh, you changed my mind. I don't mind. think most, but this is the thing is like a Republican senator isn't like for green energy, for example. They know who scratches. It's not fucking necessarily bad. anti-green energy. It's anti like whatever the constituent says that like oh our job is lost or something like that if you can reframe it in a way no, that's not because they that, don't serve the their constituents though the no they issue. pay they do culture war bullshit pay lip service to their constituents and they talk about yeah like fucking you know hanging nancy pelosi from a lamppost and then they just cash checks from the fucking Koch brothers and the heritage foundation and they just pay you know it's the same way in which like all of these like greg abbott type people all these governors are like you know, kowtowing against the vaccine, but then personally, they all fucking got it. Like, they all get the vaccine. Right. Ted Cruz got the vaccine. It's like, they don't believe their own bullshit. But they're also, I mean, the vaccine thing, like, easing up on that because, like, now it's being framed in a way that, like, people, Republicans are dying from it, and now they want to get the vaccine, right? We have yeah, seen Yeah, but they won't fucking in- listen, and that's the, my point, is that, like, these Republican people are, like, their constituents to them are just hogs. Yeah, it should be Ooh. worth, like, a quick point, too, that we mentioned before, but it should be said that like this whole climate denialism thing is like literally yeah, only an American US thing. Like it's uniquely. like only like everywhere else has their own issues with implementing policy and stuff, but only in the U S do we have a whole party that's like, it doesn't exist. Like, right. Which, <laughs> which is, is would you not crazy. say that that, that is evidence that our political system is intransibly intransigently fucked and that there's no like finagling and like speechifying that's going to like get anything. Yeah. Even, I mean, a I think quarter it, equal to the moment, like through our fucking government. Is I mean, I agree. I think it's part of part of it is like more a culture than like than even the political institution. It's like the this like religiosity of like of of American conservatism, right? That's like and it's not just the politics. conservatives. Let's say it's not just the Republicans. I mean, the Democrats are like they fully control the government right now, nominally. Biden does, and they're like you know they don't have fucking Bo Peep to really say about any of this shit, like beyond the most like tepid investments in like oh ev and like paris accord it's just like any fucking actual scientist is like screaming their head off about how we need to be going like absolutely balls to the wall and like there there's no interest in that because ultimately they are like we you know it's like we have two business parties and one of them is racist and the other one is yeah it's like they both serve the same master so ultimately that's why i think like 
electoral politics to some degree has use, but like we need to be like we need to be really looking outside of that funnel. Yeah, I mean like, also like the glum factor of it too is that like I mean obviously focus on your own thing and what you can do, but yeah. even if you did just radically do what you want in the U.S. Like it's also not enough. You know what I mean? Like we're in a situation but where China like we could for do instance, is acting way more rationally in comparison. Can sure. I read this? Yeah, I mean, they've like, especially with EVs and stuff, they've yeah. made a huge change. They've but been whipping also, our ass on EVs. Yeah, but also they are going to be the largest emitters of. Yeah, but they're actually like. Until 2060. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, uh, but I mean, that's just sort of. And it's also in. like, it's their benefit to like. Of course. To do that, right? But because they're literally the acting to their benefit and we're like, aren't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're acting to the benefit of like the, the sort of like oligarchic cabal but i think yeah but it's like but i think there's this like bigger thing it's like even if you do like it's it's a problem going back to what we said before why people tune this out again my thing that like it's bigger than any single country like it's a collective action problem that like we're not well equipped to deal with because you it's even if the u.s or even if china did everything they could it's not enough like you need a whole like right because this sort of interstate competitive framework is like gonna doom us in the same way that it doomed us in like world war i don't know one, if it's yeah. interstate necessarily competitive or if it's just like it what pe- like places trying to have like everyone yeah. wants their own people to like have a good standard of living right and the way that we've done that but so far has been to burn fossil competition fuels. with capitalism to burn fossil fuels no like, but if we had like if there was cooperation in the sense that like you know china taking like or all of us taking like a uh, a reduced rate at wit- a rate of economic growth because you know but if, what about like the countries that like are still up and come like you do uh, that's it, what i'm talking about right. like they if we all agreed like we'll 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 slow the pace of raw economic growth in order to implement these durable sustainable sort of like green energy um infrastructures we all agreed to do that in a sort of like commensurate and like uh yeah like multilateral way that could be feasible but right now everyone's fucked because no one can take their foot off the gas because yeah. if you do for 10 seconds then you know the united Someone states is going to have a fucking gun in your mouth or china is going to have their gun in our mouth ultimate like, prisoner's dilemma it is right? a prisoner's dilemma right. yeah and that's the thing and like honestly you know we need to both you know not rat on each other yeah it's like, the, it's the optimum whatever they call it need, like the optimal the optimal solution, the optimal right? solution like, is both of us don't rat and we both walk got free but like, that that's, requires like that requires it requires some type of international solidarity and like yeah. yeah I don't have an answer you're right Mac like everything your your critiques poking holes in what I'm saying are fucking right but it's like as far as I see it's like the only option um and like I don't know what what's to come but uh I mean I also think not only is it the thing we need to do but it also seems like a better world like instead of like having this like fucking jingoistic bullshit that we've been doing for the last 200 years like um Sater, saber rattling and oh right. the chinese like i feel like why why shouldn't we have a more cooperative sort of like world uh, uh approach as it were i mean you know fuck me you know i'm naive but like i think that's also what you're saying i'm just the saying, only way like we're gonna this, get out of this yeah, fucking like this specifics is where it's of like of course but it's know. like yo but that's the thing it's like technocratic people love to like get bogged down in specifics and then also do jack shit like how far have we gotten We've been doing the fucking Hillary Clinton, like, you know, technocratic tweaking and, like, slow boring of, of hard boards and then whatever for fucking decades. And where have we, we're, we're fucked. 
or yeah. in a horrible position. So it's like, you know, you can snicker all you want at like I'm not saying you, um, but in general, like at at, at like this notion of like transformative change and like yeah, God knows where that comes from. It's very hard to imagine. And probably I don't think it's gonna come from like the comfortable Americans, frankly. But like I do think it's like it's it's one of the only things that seems commensurate to the past. So um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. It's just like, um, it, it feels like for someone who's like looking for something to be like, what's to be done next and like a, in like what to look forward to, it seems like a very unsatisfying answer, right? Well, that, like, I think some questions have unsatisfying answers, especially um, this one. But I do think what you can do is like start small and start local and like, that's how these things, you want to say like, how, to, how would that possibly happen? Like, the thing what the, the ashtray oh right. <laughs> starts small. yeah starts like but like that's how these things do work like right talk to your neighbors well, start building about, like, like organizing of like cooperative the, the, farms the like world, like the, yeah like just little stuff i mean it's just like it is like these things are stultifying and and, and paralyzing but like you want to know what you can do is like yeah i do think like we could have a more democratic control and exert our voice more effectively than like we could probably change a lot of these questions because as we've said the technology is there it's sitting on the shelf so i think people should just get in you know like get in get get involved yeah <laughs> no but like you know talk to people and like build people people power honestly yeah. that's my that's my like little uh sound bite I think you need to get someone in that just like tax the shit out of all the big companies, but that's where we're gonna agree to disagree. But, well, yeah, like, that too. But how does that happen? I know you just have like some authoritarian strongman that comes in and says we're gonna fuck like well, what China's, do, which China's doing right now with the tech companies, right? You just come in and say fuck right. it. We're gonna so, okay. Ma- <laughs> all right, you heard it here first. Mac and I have finally agreed that we need a hostile takeover by the Chinese. We're welcoming <laughs> Xi Jinping in. Um, I think we need a, a an effective but aggressive government. You heard it here first. Um, um, keep your eye out for our posters. Um, we're going to be running uh, maybe Ray, our first candidate. Yeah, like um, who's that, who is that country that had like the black lab that was like biting people's oh, dicks off and el, shit? Like, el, el Negro Matapacos, which was the Chilean um, dog that hated cops. Um, who looks just like Ray. He got shot and killed, right? No, he just oh. died of old age. Okay. Um, <laughs> come on, Meg. Um, all right. We've gone a little long and a little tangential, but you've sort of, we've bared our hearts and souls to you, listener, after being away for so long. Because um, we're not emotionally distant and we love you. Um, so thanks for listening. I think we can probably, ra- you want to wrap it here? Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, just to say, there aren't any easy answers to this type of thing, but I do think it does lie in people power. I think, and, all, yeah, and also full circle of what we were saying before. I think that like there's, you know, if you want to just not think about it, that's I think it's totally reasonable too. But I think yeah. there's also something to be said about like, um, you know, even if it's not like a a fun thing to think about the climate change stuff, like I think it is. There's some merit to like bearing witness and like kind we're of we're all like, bearing witness, um, baby. You know, staying up to date with this. So I don't know. That's what I'm trying to do here. I guess what we're trying to do is like kind of like say what's happening because it could be easy to just like not not think about it, you know. It's true. And but at the same time I think like you can't get too doomer 
doom pilled on on just looking at all this horrible shit that's getting pumped out. Um, because there are a lot of smaller, more consequential fights that you can take part in that, like, without you being able to see around the bend, could lead up to you know our setting the groundwork for creating the the, the type of um you know um democratic power that could actually exert control over something as big as this. So stay tuned. Keep your ear to the ground. You can vote for the to bring the McRib back too, which so, is honestly yes. maybe which the best. Apparently thing every time that like the only time they bring the McRib back McRib back is when like pork futures drop low <laughs> enough that there's like a that, glut yeah. of pork on the market and McDonald's <laughs> just buys all of it and is like McRib is back. <laughs> Dude, can I just say McRib is fucking gross. Like it's, it's not so good. It's gross. disgusting. Yeah. I bought one last so time and it was like six dollars. It was way too much money and it's not good. Fucking gross. Get a McChicken, folks. Come on. <laughs> That's how you fight climate change. There you go. You heard it here first. Eat a McChicken. All right. Um until next time. Yeah, until next time. And right, keep an eye out for uh, our back to back episode coming relatively soon with our special guest. It's a double shot, folks. See you next time. Arriva Derchi.